Hey guys, what's going on? Brian Calicase, Certified Turbulence Trainer, here with my coach and mentor, Mr. Craig Valentine. How you doing today, Craig? Really great, Brian, really great. Awesome. Well, hey, I got to pick your brain about some stuff today, so I'm going to jump right into it. Now, we spent the past weekend in my gym in Lapeer getting our butts kicked together once again, doing these, these new things for this home workout revolution that's starting to really sweep uh, the online world in terms of fat loss and body weight training. So we did this program called a four-minute miracle workout, okay? Now, it was really crazy because I remember you sending me the email, four minutes. I'm like, what can you do in four minutes? These things kick our butts. So my question is to you, is a, a four-minute body weight workout just as effective as a 20- to 30-minute workout? I mean, well, it depends on the workout, right? Uh, but you yeah. and I did a bunch of workouts there in four minutes that were super tough. They're definitely better than, I would say, what 90% of people do in 20 minutes. Now, now, I, now when I say 90%, most people listening to this turbulence training call are already doing amazing workouts in 20 minutes. So it's not better than 20 minutes of turbulence training, but it's absolutely better than 20 minutes of slow, boring cardio and probably even better than 20 minutes of doing a set, sitting around for three minutes, doing a set, you know, getting five or six sets done in 20 minutes. I mean, it was just incredible what we were able to do in four minutes, and that's why I was so excited to film those videos. And we filmed 14 of them, and I'm pretty sure that we haven't even scraped the surface of what we can come up with. Um, I would say that 99% of them were super awesome. There was one that eh, was okay, but there was uh, there was a couple that just – you know, literally in four minutes, man, beat me, beat me down. And uh, I really enjoyed, especially the lower body ones. The first one that I filmed, the, um, forget the, the leg muscle miracle. I mean, that one was just, it, I mean, it's better rough. than the Punisher. <laughs> that was rough. That it's was really better rough. than the Punisher, for sure. Absolutely. Now, a quick question. Now, could you tell the listeners a little bit, because I know you kind of recite a little bit of studies that kind of goes around this four to six minute time frame. Could you kind of fill them in on that? Because I know... You kind of said a little bit about that when we were filming, but this is actually stuff that's backed by studies, right? Yeah, that's a great question. I should have mentioned that in the, in the first answer to the question, that uh, literally the studies have shown, or the study that uh, we based this program and protocol off of did show that the four minutes was better than 30 minutes of long, slow cardio. And so in the study, what they did was they had two groups well, three groups of women um, set up to do one of these protocols. And so one group did nothing. They were the control group. Uh, they did absolutely no change to their lifestyle. The second group did 30 minutes of slow cardio three times a week. And the third group did four minutes of body weight training three times per week. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I can't remember if it was three or four times per week uh, for the training groups, but it was – it was definitely either four minutes of bodyweight exercises or 30 minutes of slow cardio. And what they found was when the female subjects did these bodyweight exercises, and it included burpees, mountain climbers, jumping jacks, and push-ups, that when they compared their fitness in a cardiovascular test at the end of the training study, which is either six or eight weeks long, the people, the subjects, the women who did four minutes of training had the same improvements in cardiovascular fitness as the people who did the 30 minutes. So in you know seven times less exercise time, they got the same cardiovascular response, but they also improved their muscular endurance significantly more. And, I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, you're not going to improve push-ups and 
and uh, you know performance in those movements by doing cardio, but you are going to improve performance in that when you do bodyweight stuff, and you also improve your fitness. And it's very similar to comparing cardio aerobic training versus anaerobic sprint training. You'll improve your cardiovascular fitness with sprint training, just like you would with cardiovascular training, but you only improve your sprint performance training with sprint training. You can't do that with cardio training, with slow cardio training. So that's why people who can go and you know jog a marathon in four hours, they still get their butt whooped when they go and hit a basketball court because it's not a crossover in training. But a person who you know goes and plays hard basketball with a little you know with a little bit of um, volume training, they'll be able to go and do really really well in a marathon. I mean. Uh, otherwise, if they didn't do a little bit of extra volume training, then their knees and, and shins will get pounded. But they have the fitness level for it from the sprint training. And that's the same how it goes for the bodyweight training. And then finally, and just as important in all of this, is the subjects who did the bodyweight training reported on enjoying the workouts more than the group that did the slow, boring cardio workouts, which is no surprise to you or me or to anybody that's ever been into a gym and watched somebody you know, just hate their life for 30 minutes uh, on a treadmill, so so That's I mean, exactly what really great. They hate their lives. <laughs> really great, really great information from that study. Now it's similar. A lot of people are going to say oh, that's the Tabata protocol, but it's not the Tabata protocol. The Tabata protocol is specific to uh, not only the 20 seconds on and 10 seconds off, but 170 percent of VO2 max done in sprint training. Now it's the same time frame, 2010, but in the bodyweight training over four minutes, but it's not, I mean, you couldn't say you're doing 170% VO2 max uh, when you're doing that. They didn't measure it. They didn't mention it, um, but it's very similar and it's probably based off of that, but it, I wouldn't go and call it Tabata training. Sure. Well, I think the beauty of it, what it is, is, and this is definitely, it's one of our core values as turbulence trainers, and, and I'm sure the listeners know this, but we're always looking for the new scientific studies. I mean, this, this, the four-minute workout thing wasn't just something you woke up on and oh, I'm going to do four-minute workouts. I mean, you actually found the studies. You've actually put in the research. This isn't stuff we're just making up and throwing at you like, oh, this is going to work. I mean, this is science-based innovation, just like our core values are. And uh, I think anybody who says, well, I don't have time to work out. Well, do you have four minutes? You do have time to work out. And I, I'm really pumped about this. And, and this is a big body weight thing. I think body weight's making a big push through this year, in my opinion. And I, I have a question about body weight tra- training. Uh, when it comes to body weight training, because there is a, a still kind of a lot of misunderstandings, misconcepts coming through this, can someone expect to burn more fat from body weight training or gain more muscular definition? Well, I mean, you're going to be able to do both of those things. You're going to get uh, a great cardio or great calorie burn from bodyweight training, and you're going to get some of that metabolic response, uh, not the same that you're going to get from using heavier resistance, unless you're doing exercises like pull-ups where you're, you know, maxed out at a six or eight arm eight RM repetition. But it's going to be a little bit different. I would think. Now, there's never been a study that shows the, the uh, metabolic response after bodyweight training compared to resistance training, but we know that the heavier the resistance, the more the metabolic response after training. So it's not going to be the exact same there. And what I would say is that it's not going to build your body in the exact same way if, for most people, for the average person. Now, there's some people who respond incredibly to bodyweight training and can build muscle with it. And I'm not talking about pull-ups and dips. I'm talking about all bodyweight training. 
Now, not everyone's going to respond that way, but everyone would respond that way to resistance training with weights. So you are going to get different responses in bodyweight training versus weight training, metabolic resistance training. But you're, you're going to lose probably the same amount of body fat. You're just not going to gain the muscle mass. Um, and you're going to get the same fitness as the cardiovascular. So you're going to get muscle definition for sure. And you are going to lose a lot of body fat. And, of course, that does come down to diet as well. So all those factors combined, what you would expect is um, moving more towards the men's health cover model body as opposed to somebody that's a little bit more um, muscular if you go really hard with the, the weights on the metabolic resistance training. So you're not going to lose muscle mass, but you really are not going to gain muscle mass when you do bodyweight training, especially with the home workout revolution, we don't use we try not to use any equipment at all and so where you don't even try and use pull-up bars and so you know you don't have a pull-up bar you really are going to minimize the amount of muscle you're going to gain and same with dips so you aren't going to gain that muscle mass we do have those metabolic accelerators with the dumbbells if you have access to them and so they obviously help with what i've talked about in the in the last couple minutes here but Slight variation in the response you're going to get, and I look forward to more science coming out here. And, you know, just going back to your original part of the question, is that, you know, I've, like most people, heard about Tabata training 10 years ago, but I was very skeptical about how it responded with bodyweight training, and that's why I was very happy to see that study come out this year. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, you know, we like we said, back to the bodyweight thing, this stuff is great because it's no equipment. And a lot of people, I feel like that's a big obstacle for them. Why well, don't have equipment? I have a gym membership. don't have time to come in and do a session, and I think this home workout revolution program really, really kind of puts a cap on that excuse. And really, we know excuses are just pretty much the only thing standing in the way of you and success. So this body weight training is definitely really big. Um, would you say body weight training is the best form of exercise for fat loss? No, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I think that you you could make a case for body weight training the way that we do it. Uh, metabolic resistance training, and you can make a case for sprint interval training. I mean, if I personally wanted to lose body fat, I would probably do weights and sprint intervals or weights and uh, this body weight training. And sometimes it's just easier to do sprint intervals depending on how sore you are from the weight training you've done before. But, you know, it's an equal, it's almost an equal component to all three types of training. You know, bodyweight training, interval training, and metabolic resistance training all can be used for the same goal and combined with a great diet. I think if you put, it would be very interesting if you put 15 people in a group and you did four groups, a control group, a metabolic resistance training group, a bodyweight resistance training group, and a sprint interval group, and you studied them and you found and what I would expect you would find, sorry, is that you would have uh, same fitness level improvements in all of them, perhaps slightly better fitness improvements with the sprint interval training and cardiovascular fitness. Obviously, muscle endurance for upper body would be better in the metabolic resistance training with weights and the body weight training. You might have the best muscular endurance and body weight exercises from the body weight training. It's most specific. But when it comes to actual physical changes, you would have probably the greatest gains in muscle mass with the metabolic resistance training with weights, 
Um, you wouldn't have the same upper body mass gains in sprint interval training for sure. So there'd be significant differences between those two. I don't know if you'd see significant differences between that and body weight training over 8 to 12 weeks. And then I think at the end of the day, the body fat decrease in all three groups would be significantly greater than the control group, of course, and it probably would not vary much between the three groups, the three exercise groups. And that's how I try and compare almost every training aspect. If you, I, I think, what would happen if you put you know, 15 to 100 people on this protocol versus 15 to 100 people on this protocol, and you put them in a training study? Would you actually see a difference? Because I've put people in training studies before, and there's certain things that you do see a difference in, but there's also a huge amount of interpersonal variation. I mean, I've had guys on one training, in one training study where a guy gained practically no muscle mass. He was really skinny to start with, and he ended up really skinny to end with, whereas another guy who was um, slightly built gained 17 pounds of lean mass in eight weeks. And so you're going to see huge differences between subjects and so I don't just think of one individual person. I think of large groups of studies where that stuff, and those guys were using the same protocol and the same supplement, and that was you know, the range that you're going to get on a training program, which is why some people respond to stuff better than the others. So I always think in terms of, like, what's the average response going to be? Would I really see a difference if I do it that way? And so at the end of the day, I think all three of those forms of exercise are fantastic for losing body fat. Significantly better than not doing anything, of course. Significantly better than doing cardio, um, but accelerated by the right diet as well. Sure, absolutely. And and you brought a good point, kind of ties into my next question. You know, turbulence training, obviously, you know, we're known a lot in the fat loss world for the workouts you make and, and the great results and the transformation stories uh, that the TT world brings in the fat loss world. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm an ectomorph. I, I'm, a, I'm a skinny guy trying to put on muscle. I mean, I just did that February, um, what was it, the metabolic monsters workout. That thing killed me. I felt so ripped after that. I mean, you could just see the definition through the chest and everything. And, you know, so you have someone like me who's not necessarily trying to lose fat, but I'm trying to stay leaned and really get, you know, chiseled out and look really, you know, like you said, the men's health look, you know. So my question is, when someone like me is trying to gain a little size and stay lean at the same time, should we be still incorporating body weight training, or will that take away from our muscular gains? Well, it depends on what kind of body weight training you're talking about. I mean, you know, in the new Meatheads program coming out in March, which is awesome, you know, my, my best friend Jay Rock is using it, and he's gaining five pounds of muscle a month with all the latest um, Meathead programs, and he's not getting any body fat. And he's my age. He's, you know, he's not a young guy like you. He's 37 years old. Um I think I think we're 37. I can't even remember anymore. But um, you know, he is using the the meathead programs with no additional training. But there is you know pull ups and stuff, and and I think even some dips in there. But otherwise, we're not using you know body weight finishers or anything. Especially you know when you get to our age and you don't recover as well, you know you're gonna get extra sore and stuff. You know, a lot of young guys, they want to throw a lot of extra stuff in there because they really get worried about this body fat gain. But I don't think it is worth your while. I think you run the risk of overuse injury by throwing in too many of the body weight finishers into a muscle-building program. I mean, you should be uh, stimulated, not annihilated, from the muscle-building program, a good muscle-building program. It shouldn't involve more training because – you're already getting the metabolic boost from the resistance training. 
you don't need to go and burn another, you know, 100 calories in a training session from a four-minute finisher or whatever. You just don't need to do it. Uh, so I would not add it to your program at this time. I mean, you are pretty lean. You just did a real tough workout. I mean, that's a great program, the Metabolic Monsters. It's, it does exactly what you described. That's what it's there for, to get people ripped. Um, you know, it requires a little more training and a little more recovery than most turbulence training programs, but it's in there just for a short use of time. And so I think when you go and you move over to something like a meetup program and you've got the newest one, you just filmed it and did a great job with it, I would just move to that and, you know, you're not going out and eating 10,000 calories a day. You're just going to bump up your calorie intake a little bit. And what you should do is make sure that you're measuring things and not eyeballing things. It's it's something that uh, is really... Uh, I won't say annoying, but it's really unfortunate that people will eyeball th- things and say, you know, I'm gaining body fat on this program and, you know, I'm in this muscle building program, and they really aren't. They just they just have this bias to, you know, like I've been on this muscle gaining program for three days and I'm gaining belly fat. And the answer is no, you're not. You, I mean, you just, you're not. So just m- do some measurements here and let's look at things quantitatively. And, you know, you can take measurements, you can take photos and see how you really change and in four weeks, you're not going to gain so much body fat that you can't lose it in, you know, seven to ten days anyways by going back on the metabolic monsters. So go with the focus, you know. Don't try and mix them up because mixing them up is going to have, in the long run, uh, fewer results, in my opinion, because it's going to take away from your recovery and your muscle growth, and it's going to possibly you know, give you some overuse injuries that you'll be like, oh, man, now i got to deal with this thing and I won't be able to train properly. And that's where people, you know, actually end up gaining the body fat when they're not able to train properly. So go with the priority. You know, figure out what everybody listening to this call should figure out their training priority and then stick with it and just have the, you know, the guts to stick with it. That's that's probably the most notes I've taken on a call, to be honest with you. And I think the I think the thing that stuck with me the most, everything you just said, is stimulated, not annihilated. And I think that's where a lot of people, especially in terms of muscle gain, I know especially in my age bracket, like you said, they're just they're very high volume and they don't leave that time for the muscles to heal and build. And uh, there's one thing I, I think that callers really should listen to is that statement right there: stimulated, not annihilated. So while I have the turbulence training genius on the phone. I'm going to be a little selfish for a second because we're already kind of talking about kind of my body type. Um, so I have a question, and I, and I shot you an email about this earlier. How do I get a bigger back? That is something that I've been trying to target, and I feel like, you know, I've been through this program, that program. You know, I've trained back once a week, let it rest. I've trained it twice a week. I just feel like I'm kind of at a crossroads. My arms are starting to inflate. I'm starting to get a nice chest coming through. Obviously, my core is still strong, but my back just isn't budging. So, what would you, what type of advice would you offer someone like me, who's had, who has a back trouble spot? Because you and I both know people normally don't work back enough as it is, anyways. Um, so, what's something, what's some advice you could offer me to kind of blow my back up and get me some nice gains, especially in the lat area? Well, you got that crazy tattoo on there as well, so you got to like really have yeah. a, a wicked back to show that off. So, yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go back again to, to the to the meathead style program, and so, well, even before I get to the the current the spring training one that comes out for March, I'm going to talk a little bit about four day training protocols. And so, in the past, when I've tried to put a, together a lot of four day 
I don't think you should be training five or six days. Um, in, in the one study that we did, we had guys train six days a week with weights. Problem is you're going to end up with a shoulder use in, uh, overuse injury guaranteed um, it, you know, in the long run because you just can't use the shoulder joint six days in a row. And whether you're squatting uh, you know, or doing many leg exercises, you're still putting stress on that shoulder area. So even if you're doing lower body only, you are stressing the shoulder joint and obviously in all your upper body stuff. So rules out six days, five days a week with the whole body part thing, with bodybuilding like I did back in high school. It works, but it runs into that same overuse. So I think four times a week um, is the maximum that I have people lifting. And so even when I started doing these four-day-a-week programs and some of the earlier meathead workouts, it would be a struggle to really fit in the end of the fourth day. So it ended up being more of a three-and-a-half-day routine. And Jason Frugia and I spoke a lot about it back you know, a couple of years ago, and we were both agreeing that, you know, it's really hard to come up with a four-day program. Now, he's moved to back to some more four-day programs, so maybe he's figured something out that I don't know, but I still struggle with, and I still think three and a half days are the most. So what um, what we do now in most of the meathead programs, and a lot of people think, oh, we know I need more training, but we stick to generally three days a week. So in the new program, it, which I think is great for you. You have a lower body day focused on the squat, and then you have an upper body day where you're going to get a ton of back work in. And I'm really enjoying these, you know, how many pull-ups can I do in, uh, you know, eight minutes or six minutes that I've programmed into some of them. It's a real great challenge, but also gives you great volume and, you know, the pull-ups done with great form as well. So that's going to be one of your back exercises. Uh, really enjoying a wide grip barbell row I mean, that is just a phenomenal exercise for the upper back. Now, also, um, one-arm barbell rows is one that I found on T-Nation recently. So you have, you, you know, you probably, everybody listening to this call who likes to lift weights and train their back has probably done a, you know, a, a row with a barbell put into the corner between, you know, two walls. You know, it comes out at the 45-degree angle, but most people stand over it and have a V-grip on it and do like a, a you know, kind of like a T-bar row. But in this one, you're just going to stand beside it and do one arm at a time. And I found that from John Meadows on T-Nation, and it's a great exercise. So we have that one in there, too. Or regular dumbbell rows is, you know, I almost do those dumbbell rows every month. And, you know, those are just uh, one of the toughest SOB exercises you're going to get. I mean, dumbbell rows and split squats in one workout, like I used to put people through in fat loss, I mean, those – those are just nasty, nasty exercises because you're in that bent over position. It's just not best for your breathing, and you know you're throwing around a lot of weight. So that's a that's a great exercise. So many levels. Awesome. Um, yeah, and then also, awesome. and then also, I think that might be it for the oh, and dumbbell chest supported rows. I, I believe is the fourth upper uh, fourth back exercise in that upper in that upper body day. So you're doing presses and chest supported rows. Then you do the pull ups on their own. And then you do the one-arm barbell rows, and uh, and then you might do the wide grip rows as well. So, I mean, that, man, that is stimulated. It's not super high in uh, in volume after you, once you get through the pull-ups, but it's it's really great. And then later on in the week, you know, a couple of days later, you're doing a deadlift workout, which is obviously going to hit the back as well. And so on that routine, you are stimulating the back twice a week with, Heavy weights with bodyweight exercises, a whole bunch of variety and angles and training, and that is really a great way that's going to help you 
build your back, provided you provide the nutrition for it, and you're going to get great results. And I look forward to hearing about your um, success. Now, one thing that you got to remember, let's go back to that last question that we had, is prioritizing. You got to be able to accept. You know, weight on the scale doesn't necessarily mean that you're gaining fat. So you got to figure out: this is my height, this is my weight right now. Here's where I want to be. Um, you know, five pounds on your frame might not be enough to really have the back. You know, you know, it might be ten, twelve pounds of muscle, which should take you, you know, three to four months, um, you know, of training this style. And but don't worry. I mean, obviously we got tons of great head programs, and you know, you've got good metabolism and you're very active and you've got good nutrition. So you're not going to gain body fat and you're really going to see the results. It will take a little bit of time. Um, I don't know how well you respond to resistance training. I haven't haven't really had that discussion with you, but we'll see. And uh, I'll be very interested to see how many pull-ups you're cranking out and, you know, the six-minute challenges. Well, one day I'll, I'll catch up with Shauna Kaminsky. But, uh, no, I really I really do enjoy the uh, that part of that meathead or the uh, TT Metabolic Monster workout you made. You did. You thrown those pull-up tests. And I think I've, that's probably the most I've felt my last in a long time. I mean, it, it comes down, like you said, you do it with the proper technique, you make the pull-ups count, you're just not going for reps, you know, you make every pull-up count. And I think that's what makes the difference, especially with, you know, how the muscle how it burns so well, I guess. But, um, yeah, I definitely, I think I took a ton of notes on this call. I hope you guys listening to this call really uh, really get a lot from this because I know I did. And uh, is there is there anything else you want to cover real quick on this call in terms of body weight training or the, uh, the meathead training or anything like that? No, I mean, I just want everybody to, to train this way, you know, to give our, our training programs a try and send in your questions because this was a great call. We really did some kind of, you know, out of not out of the box, but, you know, non-traditional questions. We really, really hammered in some good stuff that I don't get asked all the time, and I think that's why we had such a great call. So, good work, Bri. Appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you, man. Hey, I, like I said, I, I feel like all special and warm and fuzzy because I got information from the source, and I'm I'm really excited to uh, implement this stuff. So, I'd like to thank you for, for phoning in, Craig, and uh, talking along with me on this one. This is more of a personal call toward the end for me, but I know a lot of people out there struggle with the same problems. So thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on next week's podcast. See you later, Craig. Thanks, Brian.